I first met Taryn Delaney Smith at a launch party that Bumble hosted for its new app, Bumble for Friends, earlier this year in New York City. I had to muster the courage to approach her because she is known for being kind, intelligent, gracious. And if you don't know, she not only has more than a million followers on TikTok, but she was Miss New York. So she's kind of a big deal. I was nervous to approach her because I've talked to people before who are kind of a big deal online and then they're not as delightful in person. But I went up, introduced myself, shared a little bit about myself and told her I appreciated her content. And I expected her to give me a polite thank you and move on. But she sat there and engaged me and we talked about the science and art of female friendship. She asked me about my work and she asked me about you, the kind of women here who listen to this podcast and engage in this platform. I want to share with you a bit of our conversation about all things female friendship. So settle in, enjoy this conversation, and as always, hang to the end to get your homework for the week. Let's get into it. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Friend Forward Podcast, powered by BetterFemaleFriendships.com. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a friendship coach, educator, and author of the upcoming book, Fighting for Our Friendships. And it's my job to share the science of women's conflict and connection. So when it comes to the joys, complexities, and misconceptions surrounding these kinds of relationships, I am here to help you through it. I'm so passionate about other women. Like truly, anytime I go out with a girlfriend for drinks, I find at some point the conversation always comes back to either how grateful we are for each other or just like we end up kind of looking around like, don't you just love this? Like, don't you just love spending time with other women? And I'm so grateful that I have this because I think a lot of, especially younger women don't recognize, and this is my opinion, but I really think that female friendships, while they are different, they are just as rewarding as your romantic relationships. And I would say on average, they actually generally have better longevity. <laughs> like they're, they're more likely to be, you know, you're, they always say your best friend's going to be at your wedding. I don't know if the guy is going to be there or the girl's going to be there, but your best friend's going to be at your wedding. Right. So I think it's so important. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. Have you always had this energy around it? I mean, what has your journey been with other women platonically? I'll always remember that when my mom got sick, she had breast cancer. I think I was maybe eight or nine. It was my mom's friends that Mm -hmm. showed up on the doorstep with lasagna. It was my mom's friends that took shifts, coming to the house, taking the garbage out, taking us to school. It was my mom's friends that tucked me into bed. It was my mom's friends that were there every step of the way. I will also say my mom had a boyfriend at the time. Mm -hmm. And my memory was of of those women that really, really showed up for my mom. That changed my life, watching that happen. And I get like emotional talking about it. Like, I'm so grateful for those women. And like, I look at my life now at 27 and I've absolutely built a similar village. This is your family. These people become your family no one understands, you know, how you feel or what you're going through or what your life looks like than the other women around you. And when you take the time to really invest in those relationships and protect those relationships and nurture them, again, in the same way you might, for example, that the way that we tout doing that with romantic relationships, I have seen firsthand the power that that has. And my mom is still friends with all those women to this day. She survived. She's a breast cancer survivor. And she's, you know, in her 60s. And they all are still hanging out and going to the cabin together on the weekends. 
Okay, that's amazing. I love that you have this like firsthand experience of seeing what it looks like for women to show up for one another and offer friendship and support and essentially equipping you with a model of like, okay, this is how this works. So for women who you meet, who, you know, you're saying you can talk for hours with your friends about female friendship. Yeah. For the woman who comes into that circle or who you're talking to and she's like, man, I don't have the same experience or this is all new to me because I used to be one of those girls who's maybe, you know, I'm sure you've heard it, you know, I'm not like other girls or I'm a guy's girl. You know, what are your theories or ideas surrounding the woman who's a proud guy's girl or who's like newly converted? (laughs) Totally, right? And I think that it's funny because there's a lot of memes and videos kind of making fun of those women of like, you know, they're the worst. Somebody that's just like, I'm only friends with guys. I don't really get along with women. I actually feel a lot of sympathy for them because you don't know why they feel that way. I've generally found when you peel back those layers, they had a traumatic relationship with women, either being other girls in school, which we all know kids can be cruel. I totally get that. And I've seen this more than that. They have a difficult relationship with their own mother, right? Or their mother similarly had a difficult relationship with women. And then they're being told these things like, you can't trust women. Women are dramatic. Women cause drama, right? They likely have had some kind of experience or relationship in their life that was really not positive with other women. And so I totally understand. And my first reaction, (laughs) whenever I meet someone or I'm a group of girls and someone says that is I'm like, oh man, I got my work cut out for me. But by the end of this, Mm -hmm. you're going to love being a girl's girl. Like you're going to love it. And I actually have, a couple of friends who like admit they're like, you know, you really converted me because I wasn't so sure when you came up. And I think it's really sad. Like they'll be like, when you first approached me, they're immediately suspicious. They're like, why is she being so nice? What does she want? And again, this deserves all of the empathy and sympathy you can give it. Like you need to kind of work a little harder to earn their trust. But once you do, it's a wonderful thing. And I would also say that I've noticed that like Men in general, they don't value the same things uh, in their intimate friendships that we do. As in, women share a lot. We share our feelings, we share our traumas, we share, we share, we share, we share. In my experience, I don't find that men share in the same way. Men can be in a room together for an hour or two. I've literally seen my brothers do it with their friends and they don't really talk about anything. They're content to be near each other. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I would argue that, you know, I guess men are easy to be friends with. Mm-hmm. They don't demand that kind of emotional intimacy much a lot of the time, not all, but a lot of the time in my experience. So I get it. Female friendships take work. They take a lot of looking inwardly, I would say, in my experience. Maturity. They can be tricky. And I'm not going to pretend that they're not. So if you're listening right now and you're like, man, I don't find female friendships easy at all. That's okay. That's normal. They're not easy. But I don't think anything worth having does come easy because once you get to the other end of that and you're in this comfortable space with your female friendships, they're also extraordinarily rewarding. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that's so good. Okay. So you said so many things. First of all, I totally appreciate your perspective around the attitude or or the playful jokes we make about the guys girl. And it's so interesting because to that point, there's this research by Dr. Hannah Bradshaw, and she found that the relationship between guys girls and girls girls is bi-directional, meaning girls girls tend to say like, oh gosh, you know, we see those girls hanging out with guys and we make certain assumptions about that and we have disdain for her. And so we're like, oh, she's like repellent to us, like gross. But then- Guys, girls often say the reason they are with men is to seek refuge from the hostility of women. And the cycle just continues. And so right. I agree with you that I think if there was more sympathy or even curiosity around like, oh gosh, well, you know, why do you prefer hanging out with guys? Like, oh, I hear you. Or like to your point, maybe seeing it as a challenge of like, 
Okay, well, maybe you've never had a positive experience with a woman who saw herself as your peer, as her equal. You know, if that would bring some of them over, you know, we hear a lot of times in therapy about corrective experiences. If you've had only negative experiences and then women come into your life and they love on you and there isn't, you know, competition or mind games and things like that, is she more willing to be open to like receiving that kind of love in her life, you know, offering that kind of love in her life. And so, I mean, everything you're saying is totally resonating and also supported by the research, which is nice. It's so cool. I love that you bring the research aspect into it because I didn't realize there was this much research on people in relationships. And I'm like, girl, after this call, you got to send me some of this research. I'm so excited to read it. I think it's so cool. I also, you know, I competed in pageants since I was 18. I was Miss New York. I got to go to Miss America. And a lot of people, I say these words and they're like, oh my gosh. So you were like in like the cattiness of it all in a competitive environment. No, actually, I got to be surrounded by some of the most like effing, like successful, ambitious, intelligent women, like the best and the brightest in the United States. Like mm-hmm. so cool. You'd be talking to someone and they're just randomly say something out like, you know, and then when I was at Harvard and just like, <laughs> that's so cool. So in my experience, I had really positive experience. We were in kind of this competitive space, but it actually was a really healthy outlet. Here's a great thing about pageantry. One, it actually acknowledges that it is human and normal to feel competitive sometimes in some environments. Like it doesn't shame you for it. It's okay to be like, man, I really want this and I want to win. Like that's fine. And it allows you to have this really healthy outlet where you are more able to not feel competitive with the people around you, you recognize that you're actually really just competing with yourself. And so for me, it's actually created this super healthy relationship with feeling ambitious, wanting something, walking into a competitive environment, whatever that is, while also being able to befriend the people around me, be kind to them and root for them just as loudly as, you know, I want this for myself. I remember when I was standing up at the top two at Miss America, this video got sent all around of when my friend Grace won Miss America, she beat me. Fair and square, by the way. Well done, Grace. <laughs> she beat me. And people were sending around this video of me like jumping up and down and like screaming because I was so excited for her. And I had a lot of people come up to me and be like, was that real? Like, was that genuine? And I'm like, I can't believe you'd even ask. Yeah. I literally was able to like, of course, for one second, you're like, oh, I lost. Mm-hmm. But then you're like, it's overshadowed by this joy for the other person of like, but bro, like I just got to watch someone's dreams come true. Like that is so, so cool. And I've been able to recreate that in my personal life of when a friend gets a job, you know, when a friend has something really exciting happen, even if something's not happening for you at that moment, you're able to be excited for them and happy for them and recognize that, you know, it's not a competition. This is not the space for competition. And so I think that I had a lot of those experiences that allowed me to channel a lot of these emotions. And I think one of the things about the guys, girls and the girls, girls is like, oh, women are so competitive. Sometimes I'll be like, listen, first of all, Let's not shame these really natural and normal emotions Mm -hmm. to feel competitive sometimes in some spaces. It's about channeling it appropriately and never allowing it to affect the way that you view your friends or treat your friends. I think that feelings and emotions that aren't acknowledged, feelings and emotions that we kind of subdue or suppress are actually really dangerous. And so I just think that I actually have been really grateful for the spaces in which I got to really acknowledge some of these feelings with the women in my life. And it never affected our friendships. Yeah, that is amazing. So much to unpack. First of all, thank you for kind of like clearing the misconception around like that picture that many of us hold when we think of these 
pageantry spaces of like yeah. the performance that we see on stage. And then what was the real team behind the scenes? Were you fighting? Was it shady? So to hear you say like, actually it was fun to be around women who were also ambitious and how maybe it inspires yeah. something inside of you, or you have respect and admiration for them. And it's this mutual thing is like such a nice picture to counter the image that a lot of people have of those spaces. And I also appreciate what you're saying about competition as a universal human emotion and not something exclusive to women. But what's really special to me is what you said about like that moment where it's like, it's going to be you or your friend who wins in this moment, your friend wins, and you have this genuine joy that comes out for your friend who's winning. One thing I've noticed, and I'd be curious to see if you have noticed this in your observations as well, One thing I've noticed is whenever it comes to the subject of envy or the topic of like, are my friends jealous of me? And even if you Google like female friendship, the word jealousy comes up immediately. Female friendship. Yeah. And then if anyone's ever having a a problem in a female relationship, I have noticed people are very quick at the table and that's including other women. Mm -hmm. Well, honey, she's just jealous of you. I hear that all the time. And my first reaction is usually like, that's a little lazy. It's so lazy. I mean, hold on. Does this happen? Has it ever occurred in the history of mankind? Of course. Sure. And womankind? Yes, of course. But a couple things. One, maybe unpack it a little bit more before we mm-hmm. cry jealousy. I think that it's it's lazy and actually pretty uh, self-centered to chalk up a million different, very layered and relatively complex relational issues to jealousy. I generally found, I would say seven out of 10 times, it's actually a lot more complicated issues that's happening in that relationship or in that friendship. So if you chalk it up to jealousy and say, I just can't talk to them anymore. We just can't be friends if they're going to be jealous of me. Nah, that's not very fair. Two, okay, fine. Let's play the game that it is jealousy. Let's like entertain that because it does happen. One of the coolest moments I ever, not coolest, but I, I would say a time that a friend of mine, I was really impressed of many years ago, a friend, we were on the phone and we were having kind of a difficult conversation. It was kind of awkward. And at one point, she goes, I'm just going to come out and say it. I have to admit that I've been struggling with some feelings of jealousy towards mm-hmm. you. But I'm really happy for you. It's just because something really exciting was happening in my life. And she, at the same time, in tandem, was having a really difficult time in her life. And she was like, but I am happy for you. I just have to say, but that's why I'm having a hard time. And I was so, I was really, really moved. Because it takes a lot of pride, I think, for someone to say that out loud. And I remember in that moment, all I felt was compassion for my friend. I didn't argue with her about it or how she was feeling. I just was like, wow, I really understand how you're feeling. I didn't judge her. I didn't make to change the way that I felt about her or our relationship. It was actually a relief to know that she trusted me to admit that and, and say that. And it's really pushed me to like talk about this with friends in which it's like, if you're feeling a difficult emotion towards a friend, not just jealousy, Like there's all these other things you could be feeling. It's really powerful when you can sit down and not have shame around a lot of these words and these feelings, because like, again, they're not evil emotions. Mm -hmm. They don't make you a bad friend. They don't make you a bad person. And again, we talk about rewarding intimate relationships. Part of having a rewarding and intimate relationship is that you've earned that trust that you guys can talk about those things together. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And you know, it's interesting because I feel like we give ourselves permission to experience every other human emotion. Like, oh, I'm mad at my friend or I'm sad because my friend did this. It's frustrated. But there's something around, you know, jealousy and envy where it's like, oh no, I'm, I'm happy for my friends. I'm never jealous. I'm never, it's almost like that. I cannot give myself permission 
to associate with that emotion. I would never. It's like the immediate bad friend thing. And I feel like it doesn't make space for the fact that you probably do have that emotion. We all do. I think the question becomes, what happens next? I think the question is, how often is that happening? I know recently, and I'm trying to do better on this season of the podcast of sharing of myself, because normally I just like to throw my blazer and hide behind the research. So like (laughs) in an effort to share of myself, you know, very recently, an acquaintance, you know, kind of friend, kind of sort of friend announced something that has been on like my goal list. Like I I want this thing. And she announced it. And I have, if I'm keeping it all the way real, the first maybe seven seconds, it was a, oh, like a deflated and kind of like a, what the heck? Like, how did she, I, and literally I was with my mom when it happened. I literally had to pause, close my eyes. And you know, I'm a woman of faith. And I was just like, okay, you know what, Lord, thank you for blessing her with this opportunity. She's probably so psyched. She's probably so thrilled, you know, yeah. message her to be like, this is amazing. But I think what has happened for me is I don't know that I would have been able to do that 10 years ago, but I think, and I know this sounds super corny. I think the more I am comfortable with myself as a woman, it feels easier to genuinely be like, I'm happy for my friends because I see you as an extension of me, you know, like we're one in the same as opposed to you're my competition and you're other and we're so different, but it only yeah. happened when I feel comfortable in my skin. So, you know, I wonder if the key to being able to feel joy for someone else's success, like coincides with the degree to which you accept yourself. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Tell me this, you know, you're a girl's girl. How would your friends describe you? I hope that they would describe me as a great friend. It's funny too, because I find that I have generalized anxiety. So I get anxious about a lot of things. I'm working on that. But one thing I've noticed when they ask, what is something that you worry about the most? I worry a lot about being a good friend. Like I worry about it all the time because I feel like people are such good friends to me. Like I have such good friends. They're so great. And I'm so lucky. And I'm always like, do I deserve this friendship? I ask myself that all the time. Like, do I deserve this? And I keep thinking to myself, man, you know, Jane does this for me and Alice does this for me. I wish I could reciprocate that. I wish I could do that for them too. And so it's funny you ask me this question because I'm like, I ask myself this all the time. Would my friends describe me as a good friend? I hope that they would. Yeah. I try to really, really celebrate my friends. I've noticed that my friends call me when they have exciting news or something really good happening in their life. And so I'd like to think that I'm a friend that is really good at being like screaming at the top of my lungs for you. We're going to go get a drink. We're going to go and dance. We're going to go and do all this because you just did this thing. I love being the friend that is really good at celebrating you. I love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. First of all, I think that's such a gift, but it's it's so important. There's this research that finds like, of course, it's important for your friends to be there for you when you're suffering and when you're down, of course. But this one study finds that it might have more of an impact on a friendship to be there for people during their emotional highs. So to your point, the person you can call and they're taking you from like a seven to a 10, you know, you're yeah. already up is really, really special. And so I think it's great to be that friend. And the friend group is awesome. Let me ask you this. When you meet a new woman, what is the one thing that she can say or do like in conversation that makes you think, oh, I could be friends with her? What's that thing that gets you excited? I love somebody that overshares almost right away. (laughs) I think it's so endearing. I love when somebody comes up and I can just tell, you know, if you have a wall up, that's totally okay. We can work through it and I can earn your trust. But somebody that really off the jump is like, you know, immediately like, oh my God, sorry. I just, I don't know if I can say this in podcast. When someone comes up to me and they're like, 
oh my God, like I, I've had the worst diarrhea. I think it's so funny because it's actually pretty hard to take me off guard. Like it is very hard to take me off guard. But when someone like at a professional event or something comes up and they immediately are just like off the wall or say something that's a little TMI, it's so endearing to me. And I will absolutely match your energy right back. Like I will overshare right back if that's the game that you want to play. Love that. You're like, oh, we're going there. Perfect. Say less. No, that's Okay, that's awesome. Is there anything else you feel like is worth mentioning about female friendship in terms of things that you feel like people get wrong or common misconceptions or how rewarding it is? What would be like your final note before we do our lightning round? Conflict is not evidence that it's a bad friendship or that you need to end the friendship. And I'm actually surprised at how many women I meet that can end a friendship over like a fight, especially if the fight when they really get into it, it's over something like weird or, or stupid. Like, I mean, I get it. Sometimes friendships need to end, baby. And that's okay. But hey, hold your horses, ladies. It really does require you to really put your pride aside. But friends fight. Mm-hmm. You can fight. The way you fight is important. So you're going to want to work on it. If you're somebody who you will say just about anything because you're so mad to hurt someone, I mean, I'm just going to say, right, like you have to work on that. Mm-hmm. Like 100%. I mean, that's hard to come back from. I've generally found that friendships end not over the fight, but over what was said in the fight. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I think should be against girl law, against girl law is using as ammunition in a fight something mm-hmm. that was said to you in a time that they were really vulnerable, you know, something they trusted you with. These are the types of things that end friendships. It's not the fight itself. It's the way that you fight. So conflict is not evidence that the friendship needs to end, but the way that you handle conflict can absolutely end your friendship. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Especially like during a time when there's so much conversation around, you know, of course you're going to get into a fight with your boo, like with your man, like, of course, you just have to resolve it, girl. Like this is just a test, you know, but I wish to your point, there was more conversation around conflict is inevitable in any human relationship and giving the same space we do for our romantic relationships in a friendship, especially with women, because I know what only compounds that issue is being silent during those conflicts is, you know, we see something that feels like a little pinch, but you like, you, you sit on it and you silently stack these grievances until, you know, you can't take I, it. Uh, yes. And yes. then you're like, six months ago, when yes. you didn't pay me back for that Uber ride, I didn't say anything. And you're like, <laughs> like in her notes app, reading off everything. Yeah. Like, what? And then it's like, yes. wait, so you've been building a case against me for yeah. six months? That doesn't feel like friendship. Yeah. I like what you just said. You said the same space that we do for our romantic relationships to that point. Mm-hmm. Girls, Stop being more forgiven of your man than your girlfriends, Mm. because I promise you, you have forgiven much more and much faster than a man did than your girlfriends. Like, Mm. you know what I mean? I think that's actually so crazy that like you'll hear and hey, no judgment, but I've certainly heard of fights with girlfriends. I'm like, you forgave him for what? Right. But then, you know, you stop being friends with Bethany because you don't like the way she smacks her gum. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I agree with you. I have two theories on that, actually. So my first thought is that we often give you know, if you're getting a guy in a romantic capacity, more leeway for two reasons. The first is I think there's such a cultural pressure to be partnered. So if you're with somebody, it's like, this is my chance. Like, this is my one chance. But if you also simultaneously see women as not disposable, but like I can get a new friend, then I'm going to give him more chances because this is my chance to like, you know, be with somebody to be loved in this way. But with you, like, you know, I love you, but at the same time, like I can get a new friend. So I think there's some of that. And I also think that we sometimes talk about men, like they're so incompetent or incapable, but I think our expectation is- We have such low expectations. So if I see like, well, you know how guys are, like, you know, he's not good with 
emotion and you know he's not. So I'm going to give you more leeway because I don't think you're totally capable like a woman, but I feel like for women, we're like, now you should know better. Like women know, like, come on, I expect you to be able to speak the language, offer appropriate emotional support, not have these violations yeah. because you're a woman. So you know better. So my thought is there too, like, is there like a, a longer bandwidth for them to mess up because they're so, you know, they're just dumb guys. But for a woman, we're like, girl, like, you know, girl code. And so come on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Okay, so I'm going to give you some of these rapid fire questions. All right, so first, okay. Favorite thing to do with friends that cost $0? <gasps> Go for a walk. I love going for a walk. You call me up and you're like, I'm in your neighborhood. Want to walk with me to the laundromat? Yes, I do. I love a walk. That's like, good. Oh, good answer. Okay, something that friendship has taught you about yourself. Uh, you can't be everything to anyone. And I think that I would always be really let down if I found out, for example, a friend called another friend when they were in crisis, they were in need, and they didn't choose to call me. I would actually be really hurt by that. But it was always really difficult because then I'm making it about me when this friend is now later on, maybe months later or days later, sharing that something bad happened and they didn't call me. When I go, why didn't you call me? I'm making it about me when I do that, mm. right? This is something I'm still actively working on and something I'm still trying to understand about myself. Why do I really want to be someone's everything? I want to be, you know, I want you to call me when you're in crisis. I want you to call me when you're happy. I want you to, to come to me if you need anything. And the thing is, is like, while that is noble, maybe the noble want, it's not really fair to put on someone. And it's not fair to take them not calling you in crisis as evidence that, you know, they don't trust you or you're not capable so it's something that I learned about myself that I would really like to work on. Okay, that's so good and also so important. Okay, two more questions. The first is, as a woman who's about to be married, what is your advice to the bride who feels her friendships being strained during the whole Ooh. friendship bridesmaid thing? Oh no, beloved. I don't know. It's rough, isn't it? <laughs> so I don't have a maid of honor. Because I actually find that tradition really weird. Unless, let me say, I don't want to offend anybody on this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If it's your sister, duh. Mm -hmm. Or if, like, you only have one childhood best friend that you've been friends with your entire life. I have multiple friends that I've been friends with for more than 15 to 20 years. So, like, when yeah. you get to that level, how can you get to your wedding day and be like, I know I love all of you guys, but this is my first round draft yeah. draft pick, right? Yeah. That's super uncomfortable. So I've made some choices planning my wedding that are probably non-traditional, but for me, they are more representative of how I feel or like they're more representative of me. So I guess my advice is you don't have to do anything you don't want to do in your wedding. You don't have to follow any rules and the people around you absolutely have to support you. It is your wedding day and you get one, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Some people get a do over and that's great. So yeah, that's what I'm doing. And I hope it works. I'll let you guys know. Yeah. Let year. us know how that goes. Give us the the where are they now update on that. Um, <laughs> so no, I think that's yeah, a great go. idea is to do things your way because I also see a lot of pressure around trying to keep up with tradition, but it doesn't fit and people are unintentionally hurt because of that. It's it's a whole thing. We had a, a therapist on the show recently. She specializes in like people hiring her like during their wedding because, you know, your relation no way. kind of gets strained. And the, the thing that she said that stuck with me is she said her biggest advice to brides is sometimes you get so caught up and fixated on the vision, you lose sight of the people and you are going to have conflict when you're trying to squeeze people 
into the vision. It's about the people. It's about your relationships. So if you have these grand ideas of like, I've always dreamt of having this kind of celebration, but people don't fit. And that's going to come to the detriment of your relationships. Is the vision worth it? And which one do you value more? And so it just kind of helps to put things in perspective. 100%. So good. All right. Last question is, when you are getting ready with your girls, what is one of your favorite go-to get hyped girl power women's anthem songs? Um, What's the song that we always play? The song song is coming. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Cisco did when he got in the studio. Oh, God. But when I hear, when me and my girls hear the string, the dun, 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 yeah. something comes over me. Like, I I don't know. My soul leaves my body. When Cisco's like, should I got thumbs up? Truck, 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 truck. That's like, what, what, what? I'm like pointing at all my friends like, yes, you have, they have thumbs like a truck. You have thighs like, what? I just like, <laughs> me and my girl love that song. I don't know if it's considered a, a female empowerment anthem. I'm sorry. No, it but sounds it, like it is. It sounds like it is. I mean, to me, it is. to showcase your friend's features. You know what I mean? Because in my mind, he's singing about us. He's just like, yeah. literally, this girl's so beautiful. And I think she's so amazing. And I want to see that song. <laughs> I don't know. I just love that song. I totally get it. I totally get it. Well, this is, this is amazing. You are such a light. You know, I know I gushed over you before we first met, but this conversation gives me an added layer of appreciation for who you are, what you offer, just to hear some of your insights on women's friendship and platonic love and the sisterhood. And so I just so appreciate you for lending your voice to this conversation. All right, ladies, as your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. Now, normally the homework we assign here on the show is very tangible. I'm encouraging you to do one specific thing, take one specific step. It's very, very actionable. Today, I want to give you something that is a little more long-term that I think will be helpful. As you hear Taryn talk about not only her female friendships, but female friendship in general, it's probably very easy to see how serious she is about this unique kind of relationship. If you're listening and you're like, Man, I feel the same way, or I want to feel the same way. Join us for our third annual Be a Better Friend Challenge. Now, you know I'm not often here selling you stuff, right? Because we we get straight to the point. I want to offer you high-value content. I would not be sharing this with you if I didn't think it was a game changer. Again, go to betterfemalefriendships.com to learn all about the challenge. But essentially, I will give you one tangible thing to do for 21 days straight when we start the new year. If you have ever thought to yourself, man, I want better friendships, but I don't really know what to do aside like, let me text my friends more. There's so much more to being a better woman who shows up as a really good friend. So each day comes with a bit of research to know what the activity is grounded in, right? So you know it's evidence-based. A little video from me, under two minutes, because we don't have all day. And the tangible thing that you will do Once you sign up and you register, you will receive an email confirming it. You'll also receive access to our private Instagram account where you'll be there with other women who have signed up for the challenge and you'll get the challenge each day via email and Instagram, depending on your preference. And we'll come together on Instagram and talk about our experience. The best part is, I think, I'm doing the challenge with you because every single time it has stirred up things in my own friendship landscape. 
So if that sounds like something you'd be curious about, again, visit us at betterfemalefriendships.com to join us on this experience and establish a little consistency and ultimately have your friendship landscape transformed completely, seriously, after 21 days. You know, I won't make a promise that I can't keep, okay? All right. Until then, you know that I'll be right here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time. Until next time.